Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Good morning and welcome to Jags Drive Time on a Tuesday morning from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. I'm Brian Sexton along with a senior writer from Jaguars.com, John Osher, and a couple of weeks here of some activity before we hit that summer break. Uh, Rookie minicamp, OTA started two weeks. Uh, There's a veteran minicamp that's on the schedule as of right now. you know, you're always one to point out that we never talk about the offseason mm-hmm. when we get to the season. Um, how much of this do you suppose, in your mind, is really valuable time? I mean, the coaches are going to say it, it, it's all valuable time. Well, I think we saw last year. Which is why I'm bringing it up now. How valuable it really is. And what I mean by that is this. Doug Peterson gave the veterans that last mini camp off. Uh, he did it because he felt like there had been very good participation up until that point. He did it because I, I'm sure he did it. He hasn't really said this, but my interpretation was he did it to show them, hey, uh, we're not a college team. We're a pro team. You guys are ready. You've done your work. I'm not going to grind you down for three days in June. Uh, because I feel like we need all the work we can possibly get on the field. So what I'm getting at, Brian, is I think the mental part of this, particularly for Trevor Lawrence, the skill players who feel like they need it, is very important. Uh, mentally, it's important. Um, physically, I, I don't necessarily think that it's particularly, you know, chemistry this time of year, you can talk about it. I suppose it's important for Ridley and... Lawrence, because really he's never done it before here. Is it that important chemistry-wise for Christian Kirk and and uh, no, Trevor Lawrence? I wouldn't think so. Uh, again, I don't expect them to say that, but I do think mentally it's very important because right now I think a big thing that's going on is the coaches have looked for three months in the offseason about what worked last year and what didn't, how we're going to look, tweaking it. They're pouring that into the players' minds now. Uh, so I, I, it, it's like... I wouldn't tell you that it's a bad example because I didn't go to class that much in college, but it's important to go to class in September, right? Right. But it's really important to nail the final at at the end. But if you haven't been there and learned it, then it's hard to nail the final at the end. But if you're not in class and you're studying, you can do okay. 
So I, I would sort of say it like that. As long as they're getting it mentally, it's fine. Well, here's the other reason I bring it up. Because remember, there was a conversation in the hallway at some point, and Doug was talking to the media, and just kind of off the cuff, he goes, you know, you don't need to make a big deal about who's here and who's not here in the offseason program. Because we're not going we're, we're to get all bent out of shape about that. But my sense is, just seeing guys who are here mm-hmm. and coming in and out, not keeping track in any way, shape, or form, is, there's been pretty good participation. Once again, and I think part of that is obviously the coach, the culture he sets, but the expectation for this football team to be better this year. Yeah, I I always talk out both about both sides of my mouth in this a little bit because I don't think it's particularly necessary for veterans to be here if they know themselves and how they prepare. And I always use the example in Indianapolis after his maybe a second year, Reggie Wayne would come at the very start of OTAs. And he would essentially make sure that the offense hadn't changed that much. And then he would leave and come back for the veteran minicamp. A lot of defensive players did that too. Freeney, Matho, I don't remember if, if uh, Matho said, but Freeney, you know, a couple days here and there, they didn't need it. They knew how they prepared uh, younger guys. But where it is important, I think, and I think most quarterbacks agree with this, it's voluntary for quarterbacks. But unless you're Brady late in career, Rodgers late in career, different circumstance, uh, a quarterbacks need to be there because everybody else is dependent on them. Right. Wide receiver, uh, next year, does Christian Kirk need to be, you know, I'm sure Christian will be here every day because it strikes me he's that guy. But does he need to be here every day to have chemistry with uh, Trevor? Or an argument could be made, do the other guys get better by giving some reps that Christian really doesn't need in May uh, when he knows the offense and there's chemistry already there. And he's going to get most of them when August rolls around. Right. All right, let's roll right into big things here on a Tuesday morning. We start with big thing one, and that's the schedule. Now, the question mark is there because when I wrote the show yesterday morning, there was a question as to whether it would be ready. Remember, this is the year that they are totally upending what we always knew, that Fox had the NFC and CBS had the AFC. Now the entire schedule is sort of a grab and pick and could be on any channel at any moment during the season. So was it going to be ready? Well, it is ready, and it will be unveiled on Thursday evening on NFL Network. And, of course, we'll have something clever and creative to say about that as well. More on the schedule in just a moment. On to big thing, too. It's the rookies. Rookie minicamp this week. We've talked about this ever since Dante Fowler Jr. tore his ACL on minicamp week when he was a rookie in 2015. We've come back this thing off now. It's more of an orientation than it is a full-fledged minicamp. But they get the guys out on the field and give them a taste of what they expect or can expect when training camp rolls around. We'll talk about that. And finally, clickbait. Are you falling for clickbait? And, John, let's go right to this one. Um because it's interesting, and if we could have the graphic, please. Uh, Kyle Brandt got everybody all up in arms last week with his chart of quarterback tiers. And then yesterday, Peter King put the Jaguars in, uh, you know, kind of a mid-level tier. And he obviously is a very well-learned football observer and has an opinion on these things. But it gets people all fired up. Where did Peter have him again? Uh, I, I I can't read that from where I'm sitting right here, but he had them in sort of a mid-level tier. Yeah. Well, uh, you put him in tiers. Well, you know, I've been I've been writing this all off season, and I think Kyle had Trevor too low. He had him below Garoppolo, which uh, I I sort of get 
the point if it's veteran guy, been there guy. Uh, I would have Trevor higher than that. But with 13th for Peter. Um, well, Peter was putting him in tears. It wasn't the number right. as much as it was. Here are the teams that you can count on, and here are the ones with question marks. And yeah. he makes a valid football observer point about this football well, team with the questions on the offensive line. Well, the offensive line and, uh, frankly, uh, this team has earned the right and they've earned their status as AFC South favorites. Uh, and if they trend in the direction that they were trending late last season, which I have every reason to believe they will, and if Trevor continues to take a step like he, you, like he took last year, then I think this team has a very real chance to turn into the flex team of the AFC South. The other side of that is... The Tennessee Titans have competed for this thing every year. They were the three-time defending champions, or two last year. Um, the, the, the Titans were one non-fumble away from probably winning the division last year. So the, the Jaguars have yet to separate. They should separate, but until they do, I don't mind them in that tier. The point of, the, of it, though, is is that this is the time of year when everything's sure. a ranking, everything's an opinion, it drives social media and yeah. engagement and Q ratings and all of that stuff. And, and we're talking about it, so they and we're talking about it. So it, do, it just it, it just it's a self fulfilling prophecy. I just as going through the websites, you know, the other day there was one on SportsIllustrated.com, and it's rookies who will dominate. And I right. thought, dominate? How many rookies come into the NFL and dominate? Right. right, they don't. I know, they don't. I mean, all, Randy Moss dominated in 1998. That's the first name that came to mind. He right. dominated. Fred did that year too, as well, with 17 touchdowns. But yeah. it just doesn't happen very often. No, and, but it, that's what they're doing. They want you to click. They want you to drive their engagement. And level. every site has uh, five veterans the Jaguars must trade for, oh, or, or uh, five rookies they must draft, or they will close the franchise. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I get it. Usually the sources are, uh, it, it's clickbait and it's fine. Uh, the problem the old man who shouts at kids on his lawn has—that's yeah, kind of where we're is at. They write me saying, "Well, what do you think of it?" Well, I don't know about trades really until they happen because if you if you talked about every trade that people wanted to have happen, how many actually happen? It, it's it minuscule percentage. It's not my thing. So uh, and and. I, it, Here's something else the old man doesn't like. Uh, this whole thing of grab bag TV schedule. I'm I'm not a fan. Really? I I like uh, you know the old man and me liked turning on and seeing the NFC on CBS and the AFC on NBC back in the day. Now you're going back pre- well, 1994 uh, for that. Uh, well, go back 1973, 1974, yeah. and that's when football <laughs> was real men, Brian. Um, Lately, it's been Fox and CBS. Yeah. So I I like there being sort of an identity with the conferences. Uh, but I also like wooden tennis rackets. All right. We so. got, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> hey, real quick. Uh, let's go back to the top. We talked about the rookies. Uh, schedule. One game, right? Doesn't matter whether it's home or away. One game that you are most looking forward to on the Jaguars schedule. Oh, probably, uh, probably Kansas City. You know, just – because that will really be a a a measuring game. I, too much will be made of it because it, whichever team wins, if any of if if either of them are good, they'll they'll play again in the playoffs kind of thing. It could be 
So, but that's obviously the one that's going to be very interesting uh, to see how they match up. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the games against the AFC division leaders. They're part of that clique for next year. And it'll be time to sort of put up or shut up. I'll go in the NFC and I'll go with San Francisco because I, I really, uh, Kyle Shanahan is the guy, and I said this last fall, that I always like to watch the way that he executes his offense. And of course, last year, the story out there was Brock Purdy and the number one defense in football. Uh, I, 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 I watched Doug and the way that they did it here. And I thought that's I couldn't wait to see that matchup between Doug mm-hmm. and Kyle Shanahan between the Jaguars and an offense that's on the rise and a defense that's as good as it comes. I, I, that San Francisco game is exciting to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm not a big. This is one of the uh, the weeks of the off season that I don't love uh, because I I'm not a big breakdown the schedule guy because I I firmly believe that so much changes team to team, but. You can tell a little bit with this schedule of when they're playing teams with elite quarterbacks right. because elite quarterback does tend to uh, go year to year, and, and uh, you can trust that. And it does look like a schedule, frankly, for the Jaguars that looks like a lot of haves against a lot of have-nots. Like the top of the schedule is very, very tough. The bottom of the schedule they should be able to make hay on if it plays to last season. So I think that'll be a trend. Uh, I don't particularly believe the have-nots stay have-nots during an NFL season, and, and games don't usually play out that way. But in breaking down the schedule, that's going to be a theme. When we return to Jags Drive Time here on a Tuesday morning, we'll take a look at the AFC South. State of the South is next. We'll get John's thoughts on the additions to the Colts, Titans, and Texans. That's next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time. Brian and John with you here on a Tuesday morning. Time for a look at the state of the South. We talked about the Jaguars and how we see them as the best team in the South when you look at them on paper. John, you mentioned that last year, you know, it's a fumble away. And, and, by the way, uh, if you go back and look at the first game against the Titans, Ryan Tannehill had a 14-0 lead mm-hmm. until Trayvon Walker sacked him, stripped him, and they got the ball for Trevor in Titans territory, and they were able to mount that come-from-behind win. So both games Well, they were going in late, and it would have gotten dicey. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's not going to be it, – uh, it's always fascinating to me in this league how perception winning changes everything, boy. And the Jaguars won nine games and lost eight. Had they won eight games and lost nine, and the Titans 
won that game out right. here, the tone would be so different, and it was really one play. Yeah. I get that. Um, but division games, I, I'm getting emails from people, oh, they should sweep the division for the first time ever. They should do the – let's just – win a couple in uh, September, get this thing rolling a little bit, and then figure out how good they're going to be. Well, so I thought, since yeah. we've talked about the division, we'd take a look at what the other teams have done. And so let's start. And we'll start on, on, on the Titans. Here's the thing with Tennessee. Are they a team in transition, right? New general manager, same head coach, uh, same quarterback, right? Ryan Tannehill's still the guy until Will Levis takes it from him. You see what they did in free agency. They added a left tackle because... They let Taylor Lewan go, and their offensive line at the end of the year was in trouble. They signed Arden Key. We've talked enough about that. And a veteran receiver in Robert Woods to help take the pressure off Traylon Burks. Uh, and then they drafted an offensive lineman and the quarterback. I can't tell, and I don't think anybody knows for sure yet, where Tannehill and Henry fall on this. Are they transitioning in 2023, or are they just setting themselves up to break it up and change everything in 2024. Well, I think they're trying to transition on the fly, and they have a chance to, uh, because it, the Titans were pretty good for a while last year, and then I think the thing that some Jaguars fans forget—they got really injured the second half of the season and went on that swoon. They lost what their last seven or eight. They lost their last seven games. Um, I knew they. Yeah. So I don't think. The Titans believe interior in inside the organization that they are a team that has to tear down, go four and twelve, get top pick. That's not the, that's not their approach. They took Levis because they don't want to have to do that. So they don't believe they're that team. Uh, I think they're a team with a chance to be nine and eight in that range, ten and seven. I think it will be up up to the Jaguars to be better than that and sort of clear that hurdle and not make them a factor if if if, if the jaguars have a nine and eight ten and eight type record uh then i think one team in this division I, I would think the titans will be there around them i i think the jaguars should be better than that they should be able to clear that hurdle and make nine and eight not a contending record in this division but i don't think i don't think the titans are necessarily going to be a team uh I don't think it's going to be an 11 and and six first place team and a bunch of six and ten teams. I think the Titans can get there and compete. The question I have is if they still lean on Derrick Henry as heavily as they did, can they win? I don't know that they can. Well, I think they can get if to the that number I'm talking better, about. Yeah, uh, if their offensive line is better, then Henry should be better. But you just wonder if a 30 year old running back who has the mileage and the wear and tear that Derrick Henry does. Well, I think they would have been. Frankly, I think they'd have been a playoff team if last season if they hadn't gotten beat up. The Jaguars earned their way into the playoffs. They wouldn't have gotten there had had the Titans not had that swoon right. because they got really beat up. So in this league, you can earn it even on other teams giving it away. Uh, I don't think that'll work for the Titans this year. I think the Jaguars can get to double digits and up. Uh, so I think the Titans can be good. I don't think they win the division. Colts now, you can see, they didn't do a lot in free agency, even though they have as clean a cap as anyone in the league. They Anywhere in the NFL. Uh, they signed a kicker, right? And they, uh, they grabbed Gardner Minshew. The real story with them is the quarterback, Anthony Richardson. How yeah. long until Shane Steichen, the new coach, can try to implement a system with that talented young man like he was able to achieve last year with Jalen Hurts in Philly? 
they look like a team uh, that will have three or four games where they're sports center team, yeah. where he's doing wow. things that you just can't expect. Wow. Look at this kid, and people get excited about it. It doesn't feel like a team with him at quarterback in his rookie year that's going to be consistent enough to get to 10 wins. They look like a team that knows that, that would love to be better than that, might flash early and then have trouble sustaining late uh, because teams will get a book on a rookie quarterback who's not great in the pocket, shut him down for a time. It will be up to him to see how he responds to that, how the offense responds to that. That's how seasons with this level quarterback, meaning very, very good but very, very young, uh, usually go. So I'd expect that. And it feels like with their cap approach, not spending a whole lot, not re-signing Unique, uh, sort of letting that get clean, it feels like they expect six, seven this year at, at the most uh, with a jump and go for it after a peak at the end of the season. That's what you hope for if you're the Colts. But threw Will Mallory's name in there, by the way, just to throw a shout-out. He was a fifth-round pick, tight end from Miami, who played at Providence, whose father was here for a number of years in a special teams capacity. Oh, and good then, for him. Yeah, That's right. it was good for Will. Good kid. Uh, and then we'll go over the Texans. You know, C.J. Stroud is is there, and you would expect, why wouldn't you, that he would be the opening day starter, right? Case Keenum already had his time as the starter there and has been a backup. They, they grabbed Singletary and Schultz, right, from Buffalo and yeah. Dallas, and Jimmy Ward, the defensive back, who will help D'Amico Ryans with the defense. Um, but everything rests on those two guys who are at the bottom of the list, the second and third picks in the draft. Yeah, they look they're interesting. Um, and by the way, they signed a ton of mid-level free agents. Yeah, I mean, they really that's sort of their stocked MO. up the roster. Uh, they look like a team, and I could be I, I could be dead wrong on this. They look like a team that might have wanted to draft Stroud, draft Young, and give them a year to develop before going after it except the GM has been there maybe a little too long to have one more year where they're down before they make their jump. Does that make sense? It does. Um, so yeah, This is his third season there. Yeah, so maybe putting a lot on the rookie and saying, hey, rookie quarterbacks have succeeded. Uh, let's get something around them, and let's get this thing rolling right now and go after it. Uh, they looked on paper, and from a distance, from a uh, you know 30,000 feet view, on a similar – timing is the Colts because of the quarterback but they're acting like they feel like they ought to make that jump this year um you know I, I all logic tells you that the Jaguars are two years ahead of these franchises because of the quarterback development uh logic in the off season doesn't always play the regular season no. I don't think they're that far ahead of the Titans the Titans still feel dangerous to me because I always say that about this franchise or I always say this about that franchise they know how they want to play under Vrabel. They know what they are. They're going to get some games because they know their identity that people before the season say, well, they shouldn't win that game. But they always sort of do. If they stay healthy, uh, again, I keep going back, there's a, probably an 11-win hurdle the Jaguars have to get to, to me, to make sure the Titans aren't a factor. Well, all you need to remember is that Joshua Dobbs had been on the roster for three weeks and came down here, and it took – Rayshon Jenkins stripping the ball on a sack with just a couple minutes left on the clock and Josh Allen having a free run to the end zone right. 
Otherwise, the Jaguars were going to lose to Josh Jobs. That's You've always got to earn Vrabel. it to get past them, I guess yes, is what I'm getting at. Always. They're not going to give it to you. Somehow they're going to get to nine, even if they're not on paper very good, which they sort of did last year. Yeah. So you always got to take it from them, and they're a good organization because of that. Well, that's why I'm curious what they do. I mean, there's been talk that Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are available if anyone's willing to take their contracts on because they could easily make the adjustment right now and go to Will Levis. Mm -hmm. He's a highly thought-of quarterback. What will they do? We'll find out. That's our look at the South. When we come back, we go to the Ozone Mailbag. All right, let's go. The Ozone Mailbag right here on Jags Drive Time. We'll start with Sean from Oakleaf, who wants, of course, to talk about the schedule. He asks, what's your over-under for primetime games the Jaguars get this season? Well, he asks including flexes, and it's it's so hard to know because you don't know how the circumstance. That's not always up to the Jaguars. Sure. It's up to how other teams fare. I'm going to say three, uh, and fans will go nuts over that because the most you can get is five. Uh, but I, I don't know that the league will – the market is still small, and they're not a perennial contender yet. I think once they're a perennial contender – You it, think they get it, five? No, no, no. I think three. I think it'll always be a three-team, don't you? Well, no, because I think once if, – if they're good this year, it, if they're a 12-win team right. with Trevor Lawrence, with this offense, uh, I saw it in Indy. Indy, before Peyton got there, right. was a non-primetime market. Uh, but they're always going to try to get the Jets I had the four. F- I, all yeah. I know is every time I looked up in, in, in 2006, 2007, I was getting off a plane at 3 in the morning. So it's the quarterback. So Yeah, it's the quarterback. Yeah, well, right. You want – if Trevor's, Trevor's what Trevor's going to be uh, – Teams want him in that star graphic next to Justin Herbert, next to when they're promoting the next week's game. You follow me? Right, I mean, uh, uh, or networks want that. Right. So, yeah, I think they can be, but I, I don't think this first year, I think he'll get them three. Yeah. Uh, if you recall in 2018, when there wasn't a guy like that, yeah. they got one. Right. So, I, I think you'll see that difference. I'd be disappointed uh, for the Jaguars fans because they want this so bad. I, I love 1 o'clock home games, but Jaguars fans want these primetime games. I'd be disappointed for them if there's not two or three. Well, and to their credit, they showed out with those two Saturday night primetime games last year against the Titans and Chargers, and you would think that the networks would say, hey, if we've got a good Jaguars team late in the season, we want to be there again. But again, if if they're on three times, it's because of the kid with the hair. Yeah. I mean, that's... Anybody ever say that about you? When you had the long hair? With the kid with the hair? The kid with the hair? No, they said the old man looked ridiculous with hair. <laughs> right. Ken from St. Augustine is up next. Hey, John, how many of the 13 picks need to have a meaningful impact to consider the draft a success? Is there a Hall of Famer there? On, no. At face I mean, value. Y- y- yes. Yeah. So, uh, well, and when I answered this, I forget how many uh, picks they had in 95, but they had no pro, no pro bowlers except for Tony. On, but it was a good draft. Because he made the Hall of Fame, right? And he was well. This draft this year was the so, biggest ever, thirteen. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, it, the the way to answer this is always if your first three picks, first three round, uh, are impact guys. If you have a couple who sign second contracts, uh, then it's a successful draft. 
uh, if if you've got a bunch, if if you've got four, five, or six who are who are starting, contributing, and then two of them go off the roster and and, and you re-sign two, and one of them hangs around for one more one-year contract. Those are the kind of drafts that you can maintain a team with as long as you've got a quarterback. You know, I, as I looked at the draft and I wrote this um, for one of the columns that we had last week, it looked like you got three guys who you can point to and say they're going to have a chance to be starters for us, right? Yeah. Harrison, obviously. Johnson, the safety from Texas A&M, looks like a guy who can fit that mold. Mm-hmm. And then you think Brenton Strange. You took him with a second-round pick. He's, at some point, he's going to become a starter for you. And then Bigsby. Uh, Bigsby's that's a rotational this. position. We talk way too much especially on offense, about starters. You have starters on the offensive line and a quarterback. In this Doug Peterson scheme, I don't know that you have starters per se at wide receiver, tight end, or or, or running back. Uh, you have starters, but you have nine or ten guys that you need at those spots, not right. five. Well, so I, I think Bigsby fits into that, and so does Strange. Well, I think Lacey does, right? Tyler Lacey, the defensive lineman, is a guy that looks like he can fit into a rotational. They're right. hoping that he is. Uh, and then um, – uh, Yasir Abdullah, the, the pass rusher, you know, the guy that looks like a Yannick Ngakwe kind of player mm-hmm. who can get after the quarterback. Now, if those six guys, three of them end up starters, three of them end up role players. And maybe Miller. Yeah. I don't want to take away from yeah. anybody's chance to be that guy. But then you look at the rest of the class and say, hey, if I hit on two or three of those guys mm-hmm. for special teams and they play for a couple of years. I mean, that's what this is about now. To Fortifying me, draft, and solidifying. Uh, and... I said several times on draft weekend, this draft to me felt like uh, in 2021, they signed free agents to make up for a lot of years of not drafting and developing. Yeah, you won't have to do that this time. And this feels like, okay, now we've, we're back to the point where we've drafted our depth. Our, when, when we get off the bus, we look like an NFL team, yeah. which for a while they, they didn't. didn't feel like it. Now they're back to where – uh, they've got the numbers to draw from. If guys get hurt, you're not in trouble. They they feel like a roster that, that now has a chance to be what Balky wants it to be, which is a big, fast roster uh, that looks the part. Final question from the Ozone today comes from Reagan in Melbourne. How, have the Jags done enough to improve the 27th-ranked pass defense to make a deep run into the postseason? Well, you know, there's a couple of things here that uh, – I don't know that they need to improve dramatically. They were, you know, seven points away from a AFC Championship game appearance. So they've made an okay run into the postseason last year. They were one of the final eight teams playing. So I think there's certainly scenarios out there where their pass defense is exactly what it was this year, and they make the championship game and go to the Super Bowl. Because if their offense is better, then their pass defense can be what it was. And if, if, if a break or two go right. right. Uh, but I think the things that will improve the pass defense are this. The front seven should get better because of a Walker, Lloyd, and maybe Muma being better, making you more stout. The pass defense overall should get better from those two being better. And if the offense gets better, then all of a sudden you're in many more passing situations. I mean, you're always passing situations that should make your pass rush better. It only needs to get marginally better, Brian. Yeah. Got to break serve. At the right time. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think that I want to reemphasize the point. If, you, if they're playing with a lead, which this team has not done a lot of, you know, going back to 2017, then all of a sudden Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, 
um, you know, Chad Muma, Devin Lloyd, the, the defensive back, they're that much better. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking, well, they didn't add a corner. Well, yeah, they added a wide receiver in Calvin Ridley that should be able to give them more points on the right. board with a chance to play with the lead, which is when you tee off and go chase the quarterback. And when you do and that, that's what they're counting on. Sacks and interceptions come, right? And a better pass defensive ranking comes as well. That's it for the Ozo Mailback. We'll come back and wrap up the show in just a moment. All right, that'll do it for the show today. John, um, huddle up tomorrow with Bucky. Yes, uh, and then we'll have rookie minicamp and schedule. I mean, uh, this turns in uh, for four or five days at the end of the week yeah. to one of the busier weeks of the offseason, so yeah. uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, and uh, drive time with JP and Jeff comes up Thursday night as well. Uh, we'll have coverage of the minicamp. Doug talks on Friday, players after practice on Friday and Saturday, and, of course, the schedule release, which is 8 o'clock on Thursday evening. So stay tuned to Jaguars.com and all the social media channels for all the events of this week in uh, living color. That'll do it for our show. For Joe and Brett Reber, David Cho, and our entire crew, have a great Tuesday. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.